up, internet people? I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. It's April 27th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Share and tap that notification bell if you haven't, so that occasionally, especially if you're watching on YouTube, even though we want you to be watching on Rumble, you do actually see our videos. I'm going to uh, peel back the curtain for just a moment and let you in on something in case you weren't paying attention for the last couple of days if you've been otherwise distracted. Although this appears to be live to you, it's actually pre-taped uh, because yesterday I hopped on a plane and went halfway across the world, or it's probably almost more than halfway across the world, about a 12-hour plane ride. Uh, I am in Israel right now. That's right. I am in the Holy Land. I will be there for about 10 days. We're doing a whole bunch of uh, interviews and going to the historical sites and, and a bunch more. And then a couple days in Hungary where I'll be doing something with Jordan Peterson and some of the officials there. A lot of it will be unraveling as we're kind of doing it in real time and we'll be posting things all over. If you want to see some behind the scenes things, please do join us at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that we had enough content up for you while I was away. So we'll be filling filling in things over the uh, next uh, 12 or 14 days or so. And uh, before we get to what we're doing today, which is a, a slight dissection of my friend Bill Maher, the slow motion conservative, that's what I like to call him. I mean that with love, Bill. Uh, we're gonna do a little something with Bill. We're gonna do a Rubin Report community Q&A. And, uh, and then I'm probably somewhere eating hummus right now. Uh, but before we do, let me talk to you guys about Ramp. Uh, do you feel like your finance software isn't cutting it? Do you want the latest and greatest in financial software to simply spend, help you save time and keep you from getting trapped in busy work? Check out Ramp. Ramp is the corporate card and expense management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spend. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Ramp's accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so you don't have to. You'll never have to chase down a receipt again and your employees will no longer spend hours submitting expense reports. The time you'll save each month on employee expenses will allow you to close your books eight times faster. Ramp saves you money. Businesses that use Ramp save an average of 3.5% in the first year and now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash Ruben. That's ramp, R-A-M-P dot com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, let's talk about Bill Maher for just a moment. I know some of you say, Dave, you talk about Bill Maher too much, but I'm telling you guys, even if he never votes the right way, the fact that he is doling out slow motion red pills to his often NPC, you know, non-playable character audience, is a good thing. Uh, one of my frustrations with the sort of last liberal types is that they end up just repeating what conservatives have been saying for many, many years. Uh, they just repeat it years later. Uh, this is a really uh, primo example of that. Uh, here is Bill Maher on Real Time with Bill Maher uh, from a couple of days ago. Uh, and they're talking about uh, why black celebrities aren't calling out the black community, which unfortunately in Chicago and New York and many other places often is uh, killing each other. It's black on black crime. It just is what it is. I, I think that the moral valence is clear. It's terrible to commit a crime and it's terrible to hurt people. But then the question <clears throat> is, what do you do from there? Well, but why isn't anyone ever talking to the, like Chicago? Like most of the, the shootings are young black men killing other young black men. Is that not correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. 
much more than, than what the cops do. Why doesn't anybody talk about that? Well, I mean, uh, why aren't there, uh, you know, a uh, 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 hundred giant black celebrities who would have the respect of those people saying, what are you doing to yourselves? Why are you killing each other? This I mean, is I no just... way to live. This dishonors our community. Come on. Uh, we're better than this. Right. I feel like it's never addressed. Hey, so I will golf clap you there, right, Bill Maher? You're right. Why isn't the black community talking about this internal thing? I, I don't care. If someone gets killed and someone is shot and there's a crime committed against somebody, I don't care about their skin color. But in this situation where we've ultra-racialized everything, when you look at the numbers of shootings in Chicago on any given weekend, the reason nobody, quote-unquote, nobody talks about it is because it's always black-on-black -black crime. On any given day, you can open up Twitter and see in New York City a, a, a black guy uh, pushing an Asian woman into a subway. Nobody talks about that. This is not to be racist, obviously. It's an actual issue. Now, it's interesting, though, the reason I wanted to show it to you is because it's not exactly that nobody's been talking about this. Uh, there have been many people, white, black, and otherwise, who've been talking about this for a long time. I would put Thomas Sowell at the top of that list. Uh, of course, there's Larry Elder. Candace Owens certainly has been talking about it for a long time. If we just want to pick out black people. But then there are other people that have been doing it for years. Sean Hannity, for many years on Fox, was talking about Chicago crime all the time, and everyone called him racist for it. It became a running gag on this show. How many people were shot in Chicago this past weekend? Not to make light of the people who were shot or their skin color or anything else, but to show you that there's a real problem here that because it doesn't fit the racial lens of the corporate press, it does not get talked about. Uh, but how about this? And maybe, uh, maybe Bill Maher will have my friend Larry Elder on. Larry, of course, is running for president. Here is Larry Elder. I know you've all seen at least portions of this video. This was, this was the great red pilling of Dave Rubin that has been seen, you know, something like 200 million times. This is January of 2016. Lefty Dave Rubin at the time trying to tell Larry Elder that there's systemic racism and a whole bunch more, and Larry lays it out. What, what are they going for there? Well, what, what is the goal? The, the, the goal is to tell black people that we're victims, that uh, discrimination and racism remain major problems in America when, in fact, they don't. Uh, and uh, they want black people to vote for the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party gets 95% uh, of the black vote, uh, and the reason they get it is because blacks are convinced that the number one issue facing the country right now is social justice, racist white cops, uh, discrimination, systemic uh, racism, microaggression, whatever new word they come up with, and it's a bunch of nonsense. The number one problem domestically facing this country is a breakdown of the family. And uh, President Obama said it, I didn't. Uh, a, a, a black kid, or a kid, not just a black kid, a kid raised without a dad, is five times more likely to be poor and commit crimes, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in jail. So you're far more likely to end up in jail without having a dad than you are because of a white racist cop. For those of you that haven't seen it, or if you're new to this show, that video, that hour-long interview, was the beginning of my red pilling. As I said, it's been clipped and sent across the internet a gajillion times, and it was like, you know, black conservative destroys white libtard. And when you're that white libtard, it, uh, it's not that fun. Uh, but that really opened up my mind to a whole bunch more as Larry kind of eviscerated me with stats. And I went into, a, I went into an intellectual uh, fight without being armed properly. And I'm very happy that it happened. Uh, many of you know, if you read my first book, that you know that was not aired live. It was to tape 
and a bunch of the producers at the show, we weren't independent yet, we were at Aura TV, a bunch of the producers wanted me to cut the moment where he really fillets me, and I did not do it. I thought, if I'm an interviewer, I have to I have to defend what is true. I can't just cut things out because they don't make me look great, and obviously the rest is history. Uh, but the point there is, uh, my challenge now goes out to you, Bill Maher. Have Larry Elder on your show. He's running for president. He ran... Uh, for governor in California in a recall that did not go well, but he had massive, massive support. Uh, he is a good, decent man. If you are concerned about black on black crime and you wanna elevate voices from the black community, I hate that word, but from the black community, uh, Larry Elder would be one to put on there. And let's talk about this and why the shootings are connected to the wider cultural things that are related to music and to TV shows that glorify certain things, but really more than anything else, just the family, just the family, because we all know it to be true. If you have good role models in your family, if you have people to look up to, it kind of keeps you going north. And if you don't, then, then things do devolve from there. So that is my challenge. That's how I'm uh, laying it out today. The challenge is Bill Maher, have Larry Elder on Real Time with Bill Maher and ask him that very question and let's see what happens. Uh, before we get to the Ruben Report community Q&A, let me talk to you guys about Manscaped. We're still in April, so they're still in the Easter Passover moment and uh, they want you to know they've got a deal you can't pass over this Easter season. They've got the tools to give you the beautifully decorated eggs of your dreams. Just because it's Easter time doesn't mean it's okay to hide those bad boys behind all that tall grass. So make sure your downstairs lawn is mowed. Get yourself feeling as sweet as candy by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off plus free shipping with code Dave. Inside the ball care bunny basket, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. April's Easter, but it's also Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men uh, aged 15 to 35, and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Save 20% off and free shipping with the code Dave at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Dave at manscaped.com. And now back to me, rubenreport.locals.com, community Q&A, here we go. Uh, ben says, have you heard car makers are dropping AM radio in new cars? You know, I remember hearing about this a couple of years ago, and I guess it's begun already, or it's fully kicking in now, or just AM radio is going to slowly slide off the dial, something like that. You know, I suppose, look, you can't stop progress, and we have progress. Well, I don't know that you can call this thing progress, but we all have a phone in our pocket, and in that phone, you've got your Spotify and your iHeartRadio and all of that other stuff where you can watch things on Rumble and YouTube and everything else. So AM radio is a, a dinosaur of a certain degree. I would say, on a personal note, I, I have an affinity. My memory of AM radio is mostly driving around with my mom and dad, wherever maybe we were going to my grandma's or aunt and uncle or whatever, and they'd be listening to AM radio, and it was mostly at the time, it was these guys. The one guy that I remember specifically is this guy, Bob Grant. I think he was on 77, 770 AM. I guess it was WABC in New York, and he'd do a call-in show, and these people would call up, and he was a conservative. 
basically. And they'd ask him anything and he'd start screaming at them and belittling them. And I just couldn't believe that anyone would treat their audience like that. But the guy was on for many, many years. If I'm not mistaken, he passed away a couple of years ago. But AM radio, whether it was Rush or Hannity or Glenn Beck, you know, there's plenty of people that are still on there doing, doing a lot of great stuff. You know, Clay Travis and, uh, and Buck Sexton took over for Rush. Um, but, you know, nothing lasts forever. And, you know, we had Betamax and then we had VHS and then we had DVDs and then we had Blu-ray and now we've got streaming and it's just part and parcel of the whole freaking thing. Terry says, do you think this is the end of cable news or will a visionary group rise up that wants a new 21st century channel with journalists reporting on both sides? Or do we see the 21st century as following echo chambers of our own political views? I think partly what you're asking is related to Tucker Carlson. A lot of that is unfolding at the moment and him leaving Fox, which is, it just cannot be understated. I'm sorry, it cannot be overstated. What a big deal this is. Uh, the number one highest rated host in cable news history. Remember, uh, Bill O'Reilly had that slot for probably 15 years, something like that on Fox. And he was number one for basically all those 15 years. He left, that slot was not guaranteed to be number one. You know, a time slot on a network will get you a certain amount of people that just by force of habit, habit just turn on the channel and there you go. It's like the chair is kind of worth a certain amount of something. But Tucker, Tucker exploded from there. Tucker started talking to a certain segment that I would say was, was obviously very much a MAGA segment, but was also something wider than that. Um, and I think he was doing, you know, actual journalism, you know, within the construct of that he's giving you his opinion and all of those things. Anyway, I happen, I happen to like Tucker. My guess, uh, if he has not announced it by, as I said, we're pre-taping this, but if he has not announced it yet, and I doubt he has, like my guess is he's going to go independent. So we shall see what happens with that. But five years ago, or what is it? Seven years ago, almost he sat down in my house in my garage and he said, uh, you know, basically Dave, you're, you're doing it. You're doing the right thing. So I think maybe I have a little something to do with the seed of independence in Tucker, which is great. But to fully answer your question, I do sense that things are just going to keep going in their own directions. It's just the way it is. I don't know that a network that had a real plurality of opinion could survive in, in a traditional sense that we think of a network because people are so addicted to their side. I, I try to break through that as much as I can here. It's, it's getting difficult because Democrats won't talk to me. I could see a group of independent creators coming together to figure out something that is bigger than all of them independently. Maybe that's something I should be doing. Phoenix, are you taking notes? Talway says, uh, since you're going to Israel, uh, the center of the three major religions, what are your thoughts on what role religion still has, if any, in America and our lives today? So as we're taping this right now, I, as I said, I am in Israel. We're in Jerusalem for the first, I think, four days. Then we're basically based out of Tel Aviv for the next week and bouncing around the country from there. It's, it's an absurdly tiny country. If, if you have not looked, if, or if you didn't see my interview with Bibi Netanyahu, pick up a map, just Google it. Israel is the size of New Jersey, literally New Jersey, which I think is our second or third smallest state in the United States. And it's in a pretty rough area, but I, I mention that because you can basically get anywhere, not basically, 100%, you can get anywhere from the northernmost tip where you're basically hitting Syria to the southernmost tip where you're, you're hitting the Sinai, which is part of Egypt. You can do that all within a day. You can do it within a matter of hours and east to west, it's even more narrow. Uh, so we're going to be bouncing around and going to all the sites and we're going to go to the Western Wall and we're going to go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and we're going to go to the Old City, uh, the Jewish Quarter and the Christian Quarter and the Armenian Quarter and we're going to do 
all of that stuff and we're gonna go to the Museum of Tolerance and all of the things and we're gonna get as many interviews as possible. On the religion front, I would say this, if you don't believe in something, you will fall for anything. Somebody famous said that. Was that uh, Yogi Berra or something? Um, and I think that partly what we're hap what's happening in our society right now is we've, we've broken everything that we once believed in. Our, our society, you know, Ben Shapiro wrote a great book about this. Um, and it's basically that our society has broken all of the things that we came from, all of the traditions of learning, whether they were, uh, you know, thinking in an Aristotelian manner from Greece or whether they were the ideas of, you know, one God from Jerusalem. These ideas came together. They created Western society that has given so much human flourishing in these last 250 years. And as we've strayed from that, we suddenly know, don't know if, what boys and girls are. Uh, so I have found, for me personally, in these last couple of years, uh, the people of faith generally are much nicer and kinder and more decent and, and trying, I would say, to live up to their ideals rather than the purely secular people who generally are angrier and more hysterical and were the ones that were pushing for more mandates and injecting people with things. Uh, you know the story when I went to uh, uh, Liberty University and I spoke in front of 14,000 kids at convocation and I obviously have differences in my lifestyle and my political beliefs than them, but they were just so unbelievably welcoming. So I think a little uh, resurgence of, of some level of belief and how you then work that into your life related to the traditions that you come to from, whether you're Jewish or Christian or whatever it might be, um, I think that would probably be good. And I'm looking forward to, to taking part of some of that uh, while we're in Israel. Uh, Carrie says, hey Dave, related to Tucker Carlson, do you think Fox will get a dose of the same medicine that Anheuser-Busch received after the Bud debacle? That would be sweet. Well, look, first off, at the moment from me taping this right now, it's a little unclear to me like exactly what went down. Now, obviously that's gonna leak out. Did he get into a fight with somebody there? Does this have anything to do with the Dominion lawsuit? Is it a combination of those things? Has he been plotting an exit for a long time? He actually just signed the contract, his last contract, I think like a year ago. So this is, this is definitely a shocker. Did he want to say something on air that they wouldn't let him say and that gave him the out? I don't know. Um, I, let me say this just broadly in terms of Fox. Look, I go on Fox all the time, you know, probably four times a week, something like that. They don't ask me what I'm gonna say. I go on live, I do whatever I want, whether it's on with Gutfeld or Dana Perino or Hannity or when I've done Tucker or whatever else. So I have no problems with, with Fox as a, a network. And I also think Fox, generally speaking, is doing something far, far closer to actual journalism than MSNBC and CNN and blah, blah, blah. And the only reason people focus on Fox so much uh, is because they just want their competition to be taken out, right? More people watch Fox. All that being said, uh, I think if Tucker goes independent, I think it's great for independent media and I think it's great for, uh, let's just say, the future of our ability to communicate with each other without the middleman. Um, but, you know, Fox, you gotta give Fox one thing. They surprise people, right? They did not expect Bill, you know, Tucker to take over and be number one the way he was. So you just never know with these guys. They've still got the number one late night show in Gutfeld. They're still crushing across the board. Will there be some people that part ways from them now? Probably, but we'll see what happens on the other side. Uh, Tim says, do you think we will still be able to get your show or use Locals or Rumble if Bill C-11 is passed in Canada? So for those of you that don't know Bill C-11, we've talked about it a little bit here. Uh, it gives the Canadian Radio Television Telecommunications Commission, say that 
five times fast, unprecedented regulatory authority to monitor, monitor all online audiovisual content. So basically, if you are a YouTuber or a Rumbler or you're somebody like Ezra Levant from The Rebel and you're trying to put stuff up, they can be watching it and taking it down and finding you. It, it's an absolute assault on free speech and free expression in Canada. Uh, I can tell you this, Rumble, which, you know, Rumble started in Canada. We are now based in Florida, but there is a strong Canadian presence. We have plenty of people in Canada that work for us. Rumble is going to fight like no company you have ever seen before to make sure that our content is being able to be seen by people of Canada, as just like people in India and people in Mexico and people in Sudan. That is the plan. Uh, there are always ways to build a better mousetrap to get around some of the government's uh, nonsense, uh, but it's an absolute assault coming from the quote unquote liberals, the, the Justin Trudeau liberals in Canada. And it's, uh, it's deeply upsetting. And I think that's why I meet so many Canadians here in the free state of Florida. Uh, Tony says, curious your thoughts on the Bud Light marketing VP taking a leave of absence. Do you think the boycott worked or is this just another attempt by Anheuser-Busch to sweep things under the rug? I do sense it worked. The fact that at one point they had lost as much as 7 billion in market share, I think as it's gone up a little bit, I think this is gonna stick. I think people have just had it with that nonsense and it's not like the product is that great, right? Like no one's really walking around going Bud Light is the most amazing beer, right? It was sold as a frat boy beer, right? And what, you're in college, you're in a frat, you don't have money, you drink cheap piss-like beer. That's what, that's what it is. It's not Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, people love that chicken sandwich. Yes, it's true. When we have Chick-fil-A around here, I have to take the rest of the afternoon off because I can't move. But people love Chick-fil-A, right? The, uh, so they couldn't boycott it effectively, right? Chick-fil-A sales actually went up. It was like a complete rubber band on that. Uh, Bud Light, I think, is going to suffer in a different way. There are so many freaking beers out there. Like how many fried chicken sandwiches are there from, from uh, chains? You know, I guess McDonald's has one, Burger King has one, but they don't focus on the chicken right? They clearly don't focus on the chicken. Chick-fil-A focuses on the chicken. There are so many beers, beer brands out there. Connor, how many beer brands would you say there are? 20? There's got to be at least 20,000. Probably a lot of them. You know what I mean? So I think they're in trouble. I really do think they're in trouble. Uh, Graham, of course, Bud Light is just one, you know, vertical off Anheuser-Busch. They have a million other beers. They, they've bought up a lot of small breweries. So like they will figure out a way to survive. Graham says, did you happen to see the 60 Minutes interview with Ray Epps on Sunday? Any thoughts on that? So I did not see it other than the clips that I've seen online, which were, were somewhat brief, and I just didn't have time to get into it this week with the travel coming and just everything else. And then and the boys have been a little under the weather. It's been kind of nutty here. Uh, but the fact that 60 Minutes tried to make Ray Epps look like a good guy when they've gone out of their way to demonize everyone related to January 6th. And now you have the guy who was on video basically calling for violence, pointing people in the way of the Capitol and everything else. And he's the guy they're trying to make like look like the good guy. Need I say more? Gamma says, Elon Musk says that Anthony Fauci should face trial for the crimes he has committed against the American people. Do you agree with him? I do, actually. Um, look, I don't like the idea of people being hauled in front of, uh, of courts, and I don't like the idea of sort of unnecessary punishment or anything like that. However, what Fauci did, the amount of documented lies, documented lies, that the NIH has nothing to do with the Wuhan lab, 
that masks work, that masks don't work, that vaccines work. Like the amount of stuff that this guy as, a, as an unelected bureaucrat pushed on the people of America is incredible. I would say, you know what, maybe, maybe instead of putting him on trial as if putting him in jail, I don't know that, that that solves anything. How about we just cut his government pension, which if I'm not mistaken is over 400 grand a year. How about we just, sorry, Anthony Fauci, you can get one more year. We won't, we won't be dicks about it. You can finish up calendar year 2023 with your 400 grand, plus the undoubted millions that he made off of somehow all of this. Like they always make money, right? So how about that? Wouldn't that be something? Uh, Kathy says, have you been to Israel before? How does it make you feel more in touch with your faith? Uh, yes and yes. I've been to Israel probably four times. Uh, first in 1997, then I went back in I think around 2000. And then my sister actually uh, married her husband in Israel, in Tel Aviv, in the old city of Yaffa. Uh, that was probably about 12 years ago or so. Uh, my brother-in-law, Saf, is the CEO of Locals. He's the one that when I had a, I didn't know what to do. I was like, we gotta go independent. How do I build my own Patreon? Asaf was a startup guy, obviously a lot of startup people out of Israel. And he was like, we'll do it. And we did it. And, and now he is, uh, he's running Locals and has a lot to do with what's going on on the Rumble side. And then I was last in Israel in 2015. I did a speaking gig in Tel Aviv and I was there for about a week. Um, yes, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward not only to being in Jerusalem and, and the religious side of things, but you know, just relative to all the things that we talk about on this show, understanding history, understanding where good ideas come from. I think also understanding the geography of that part of the world is important. Um, also the blend, you know, I, I always talk about the, the sort of push and pull and the tug uh, of liberalism and conservatism. I think Israel is sort of a, a, I would say a living, breathing example of that, right? It's a, it's a place that's ancient and old with filled with really old ideas from a long, long time ago, 10 commandments kind of stuff and flee in Egypt and, and all of that uh, combined with a, a country that's become a massive uh, leader in the tech world and how you sort of blend tradition and modernity. I'm, I'm always interested in that. So I'm, I'm very happy that I'm there right now. Uh, Elizabeth says, is it hard to leave David and the boys behind when you travel? Do you plan on taking them with you when they're old enough to travel around? So I was already... Again, I'm gone at the moment that I'm taping this, but uh, yes, I, I've been thinking, boy, are, are they even gonna remember me? I'm gone for 15 days. That's, that's like, you know, it seems like a long freaking time. Um, so I will, I will miss them. Obviously, we're gonna do plenty of FaceTimes as long as, you know, time differences and everything allow for it. Um, as far as them traveling with me in the future, I mean, of course, we'll, we'll do some things together. I think this year, if we're able to pull off any degree of Off the Grid August, David and I might try to do just like even five days solo and we'll give the boys to grandmas and, and see what happens. Um, but yeah, eventually looking forward to doing actual family trips, probably not Disneyland. We will go to SeaWorld. We're gonna be a SeaWorld Gatorland family, mostly Gatorland. And uh, yeah, getting them out there and, you know, put them on some skis and see what happens. Uh, Amy says, what is more concerning, traveling to a country that is regularly bombed by foreign terrorists or traveling to U.S. cities like New York City, L.A. and Chicago, where people are regularly terrorized by its own residents? I mean, I have to be totally honest with you. I, I have no fear of, of traveling to Israel. You know, Israel right now, there were a couple of rockets shot in from, from Lebanon uh, like a week or two ago. Uh, but right now, Israel is dealing with some internal strife re relative to this judicial reform that Netanyahu has been trying to pass. So my hope is that that's kind of calmed down just so that we're not 
part, uh, you know, like I just don't want to be part of protests everywhere in Tel Aviv and that, that kind of thing. I would just pr rather it be calm and enjoyable and be there for the purposes of being there, but that's what a democracy is all about, right? The people can share their voice, but I don't have fear that uh, Hamas is gonna, you know, come get us or anything else like that. But I will tell you, having been in San Francisco, I was genuinely fearful on the streets, genuinely. And, and New York City does not feel the same and certainly Chicago wouldn't either. What, what a depressing uh, thing that is to say. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things actually about Israel when they do that like world happiness uh, index that they do every year, Israel always comes usually in the top 15 of happiness and you'd go, well, wait a minute, you know, they've got rockets shooting in from the north and rockets from the south, suicide bombers and stabbings and all of those things. And you might wonder like, how does that work? And having been there a few times, it's like these People, for the most part, they're like, well, we just have to keep living. Yeah, a, a bomb just hit the backyard, but we, we got to keep living and we have to keep celebrating that. And, you know, a lot of other cultures uh, have disappeared over time, right? But for some reason, these people are still there. It makes you wonder. Cool Mom says, there's an anniversary celebration coming up for my fine arts department. One of the activities is karaoke. What song should I sing for my radical lefty friends? You know what you could sing? your radical lefty friends, because this is the antithesis of the lefty project. You should sing Frank Sinatra's My Way, right? The whole song, he did it his way, and he has no regrets. It's one of my favorite songs. My, my, that's a top fiver for me. And that's it, regrets. I have a few. Well, I said he had no regrets. He has a few, but not, but not too many to mention. You see the point? Not too few to mention, but not too few to mention. Too many to mention, wait. Regrets, I have a few, but not too many to mention. Yeah, the point is the guy, all right, all right, nobody's perfect. Okay, communist cat. Have you seen the birth gap documentary? Synopsis, 70% of the countries in the world have birth rates uh, which have fallen below replacement rate and all countries are failing. Israel is one of the few nations on earth which still has a healthy birth rate. What can we learn from them? Uh, well, you know what, I'll, I'll talk to the people in Israel about that, uh, but yes, especially on the religious side, people have an awful lot of kids, which creates actually another set of tension that we'll probably see a bit of in Israel, which is that the religious community is growing and growing and growing, and to your point, the secular community, they don't replace themselves as much as so they're shrinking. Japan has a massive problem with this. They have an aging population and they are not replacing themselves. I haven't seen the documentary, but Elon Musk has talked about it quite a bit about the replacement situation in general, that we are not, you know, there's this fear amongst the lefties who are making everybody fearful of everything, um, that we're gonna have this overpopulated planet and every sci-fi uh, movie is about an overpopulated planet, so we have to go somewhere else, somewhere else. But wouldn't it be interesting if actually the reverse is what happens and we have a, a depopulated planet and, and societies and nations can't continue because there aren't enough people. Wouldn't that be something? Write that story, somebody. Uh, Sarah says, where do you see yourself in five years? Whew, you know, it's hard to say, like, I love doing this. I love doing this. I, I have never in my life loved doing what I do more and know that I'm, I'm working with the right people and building the right things. And I'm excited for the future that Rumble and Locals have and that we're part of something interesting. We'll see where the, the 2024 presidential race goes and maybe I can have some involvement in, in something that would be beyond that. I mean, I think there's, there's a whole bunch of things. Um, I'm good on the family front and I like being a dad and uh, it's stressful and, and tiresome and crazy, but it's, it's really wonderful and joyful and happy and 
reinventing and all of those things too. Uh, I can tell you this, I will be in Florida. There is no chance I'm leaving, uh, leaving Florida. So I'll absolutely be in Florida. Uh, but I would, I would imagine I'll be doing this show. Maybe some, we've ventured out into some other, uh, some other things, you know, we're, we're working on a whole bunch of things. Um, but you know, hopefully look a nice ending to the whole story. I don't know if it's in five years or 10 years or 20 years, but a nice ending is, wow, we really got some wins. We course corrected this whole thing. And, uh, gosh, Dave, you could, you could go out and take a walk into the woods and we'll see you when we see you. Wouldn't that be a nice ending? Tiffany says, oh, I guess I, uh, already answered this one. What's your favorite Frank Sinatra song? It is my way, but, uh, how about luck be a lady? There's a line about blowing on another guy's dice. It's pretty funny if you think about it because she's at the casino and she's with some other guy and you got it. Uh, guys, if you have not subscribed, please do at rumble.com. If you want to rumble.com slash Ruben report. And if you want to play along during our Q and A's, if you want to see some behind the, the scenes stuff from the Holy Land, join us at rubenreport.locals.com. Part two of my interview with Constantine Kissin is up on locals. Uh, well, the full thing's up on locals. Part two's up on uh, rumble and YouTube. We leave you with the elderly man pretending to be president. There's no post game show today because I'm not actually here. See you soon. Self-evident. All men and women created by the. So you know the you know the thing. And by the way, you know I sit on the stand, and it get hot. I got a lot of. I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, 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 blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight, and then watch the hair come come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubenreport.locals.com.